0: Bible reading shall be taken from Romans chapter 2 verse 17 through chapter 3 verse 8. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You, who preach against stealing, do you not steal? You, who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. So then... If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirement, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A person is not a Jew who is is one only outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. What advantage, then, is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision. Much in every way, first of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some were unfaithful? Will the unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true. And every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you ask and prevail when you judge but if our, right, our righteousness brings out God's righteous, righteousness more clearly what shall we then say that God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us I am using a human argument certainly not if that were so how could God judge the world someone might argue If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some slanderously claim, that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is just. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Xiaoyi, for uh, praying. Thank you, uh, uh, um, sorry, Mercy, for, uh, reading. Uh, if you would just pray uh, with me uh, before we open God's word. Um, dear Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come. I thank you uh, that your Holy Spirit came, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just open our hearts and our minds, Lord God. I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to see uh, uh, you, that we would rely on you, Lord. I pray uh, now that I would rely on you, that these words would be your words and not my words. Uh, Lord, I pray all of this in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen. Uh, there's a pastor, uh, John Gershner. He's uh, He was a pastor in the 70s. Uh, and he talks about this time where he went on this boat excursion somewhere in, in Asia. And, in, and and as he was on this boat, it was him, his wife, and uh, there was also this man uh, running the boat, and also the man's grandson, all on this boat. Okay, And so as they're on this boat, as they're coming back from their boat excursion, excursion, what happens is they accidentally bump into another boat, okay? And their boat fills with a little bit of water. It's, it's okay. And so, um, but it's, you know, the other boat goes away, they go away, and they're going again towards the shore, right? They're coming back from their excursion. And as this is happening... Uh, the, the the other man on the boat is is starting to get a little agitated. He's starting to freak out a little bit. And John sees the, this guy and he goes, "It's okay. You're okay." He's trying to console him. "You're okay. We're gonna be a, we're gonna be fine. You're okay. We're okay. It's fine." And as it's getting closer and closer to the shore, right, this guy is starting to get more agitated. He's starting to get more uh, annoyed, scared, right. And John again is trying to console the guy. "It's okay." We're okay. It's okay. Everything is fine. Every, it's okay, and as they they get r- real close to the shore, again the guy is really starting to get agitated, and John goes, "It's okay. It's okay. Everything is fine. It's okay," and the guy um, who right doesn't speak much English right goes. I not okay, you not okay, we not okay, and he pushes John and his wife onto the shore, grabs his, his grandson, throws him onto the shore, and jumps onto the shore, and a minute later, the boat sinks. It sinks, it goes into the water, and see what John didn't notice was that there was a huge hole in the boat, right? And if they had stayed any longer on, if they had stayed any longer on the boat, right, they would have sunk, right? They probably wouldn't have made it, right? And, and, and this man said, it's, it's not okay. See, the thing is, is when John saw this, he said, actually, in the answer to the question in that time about morality, right, when we look at the Bible, actually the message of the Bible, is it not that we are all not okay? If we don't have the saving grace of God, we are not okay. All of us are not okay, right? Paul, in the first few chapters here, he shows us, right? He shows us that every one of us is not okay. We all fail, right? We saw two weeks ago, right? He talked to uh, um, the Gentile, he talked to them, and he said, look, you guys are foolish. You, 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 you reject God and you go towards your idols. Last week we saw, look, the, even those who you think, oh, I am morally good, I've done all these good things, well, they are also not okay. In fact, they will be judged by right, the, the, the judgment, um, the standards that they hold for themselves. And today, Paul continues and he speaks specifically to these Jews, these righteous Jews, these Jews that go to church, these Jews in every way are, are, um, are religiously moral. And he says, you are also, you guys are not okay because your reliance is not on my grace, but your reliance is on your law. And today we will see well we need to rely on our relationship with God. We will see that in many ways actually we rely on our religious works and not on our relationship with God. Well how do we how do we be a people that has this reliance on the Lord? Well we do this in three ways. The first is well we have a reliance on grace and not the law. We have a reliance on grace, not the law, right? Uh, We see this in verses 17 um, to 24. Look what it says uh, here in the first bit. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are the guide for the blind and a light for those who are in the dark, and an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law embodiment of knowledge and truth. Here he's talking about right, these Jews right, who felt that they were privileged. And in many ways, actually, it is true. Like a lot of these are truths, right? That they saw themselves as these things. They, they, they identified, they are Jews. He calls you your identity in Christ, right? you 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 have this special relationship with god right for a longest time yes the the he, the jews had this relationship with god right they say you rely on the law right they thought that the reliance on the law would exempt them from judgment right this was the thought they they had right they've had this law they've known what the word says right and that because of that well well this covenant will well that will save me. Right they 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 had um this notion well they boasted in God they boasted in the things the blessings that God had given them. Right again these are not bad things, right but their focus was wrong. And instead of the pride actually in God, right they they were were boasting about all the good things God has done for me, right? Uh, the they they approve of what is superior because they are instructed by the law right they were able right to distinguish well this 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 is the right thing this is the true thing and this isn't the true thing well i know this because i know the law and I, I know what what the word says i've gone to temple i've gone to the synagogue i've learned about these things right these are the privileges that they had right and it's true. it is true these are in many ways these are good things right but but it, it brought um them to a place where they relied solely on those things right in in this way they thought yes well you could be the guide to the blind a light for those in the dark right the the jewish nation was called was called to be a light they were called to be a light to the world they were called the people saw this jewish nation they were to see Yahweh and how Yahweh worked in their life. This is all true. And they saw this. They, they saw themselves as an instructor to the foolish, right? They were to teach people, probably new Christians in their mind, a teacher of little children. This is how they saw themselves. And yet here is what Paul says right after uh, this, right? He says, look, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? He says, you, you, you're, you're hypocrites, right? You, 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 have, you say you have all these privileges. You say you have all these knowledge. And yet, you don't teach yourself. You don't live the way that you, you, you teach, right? You preach against stealing. Do you steal? You say that people should not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You abhor idols. Do you rob temples? You who boast in the law. Do you dishonor God by breaking the law? You see, everything that they were teaching, everything that they were doing, actually in that time historically, right, it was shown, well, that these Jewish people did do a lot of these sinful things. Actually, there was a lot of uh, sinful uh, things that the Jewish people did in that time, right? And the Jewish thought, well, we're different than those Gentiles, right? We're better than them because we, 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 we have the law. We know about the law. We don't do these things. And yet, Paul is saying, look, no, you are just as bad as them. In fact, the things that you, you know, you should know better. And In fact, those things that you say they shouldn't do, you do. And in so, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of you, you see that he's quoting here probably Isaiah or even Ezekiel, right, when the Israelite people, because of their sin, were exiled because of that, right? Because of that. And, 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 and everyone were, were to see, again, the Jewish people as, oh, man, these are the people of the God Yahweh. And because of their sin, right, they were, were, were exiled. The, the name of God was blasphemed. So what does this mean for us? What does this reliance on grace mean for us? My question to you is, are you relying on grace or are you relying on the law, right? Are we, many, in many ways, like the Jews? Are we relying on, say, um, our identity, our parents' faith, our Christian upbringing, our, our, our Christian um, going to a Christian school? Is, is this what we are putting our hope in, 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 on, on, for salvation on? Or are these the things that have caused us to go and rely on the grace of God? The grace of God, the, the, him dying on the cross for our sins and raising to life so that we could be raised to life. Again, is that what we are relying on? You see, these are good things, right? Right? but they should lead us to the thing we really should be depending on, which is the grace of God. Are we uh, relying on the law? What we, what we have done, going to church, reading our Bible, praying, tithing, going um, uh, to the poor, uh, helping out with the poor, right? Uh, maybe it's environmental things. The things that we do, do we rely solely on that, thinking that that is what, uh, that is what will save us. Or maybe it is our knowledge about God and our knowledge about the Bible. We know a lot about what the Bible says about a lot of things, about marriage, about singleness, uh, about uh, taking care of the earth. Do we u- use our knowledge about God, but, but we rely solely on that knowledge, and we don't actually have a relationship to truly know, well, what do we do with this information? What are you relying on? Maybe the second question I have to you is, well, are you living hypocritically? Are you living hypocritically? Maybe a better question to ask is, when you approach others, do you approach them in, in a manner that is judgmental? Or do you approach them in a way as a changed person by the grace of God, right? I really tried to think about uh, hypocrisy. Why is it that we? it's so easy for us to do it? Many times, honestly, I do it myself, right? I teach students all the time, right? Many times I realize I am telling them one thing, but I have been living in another way. Why is it that we do this? And I really thought about it, and I really thought, well, actually, how much of it is that I want to hide my true self? How much of it is that I, with all my Bible knowledge, I have a lot of knowledge, how much do I project that, all that I know, so that, well, if I tell you all the things I know about the Bible, I can hide what I'm actually doing, right? If I point out other people's faults, well, I can hide my own faults, the things, the sins that I am doing. You see, when we realize that we are all sinners in needs of grace, when we realize, well, I am a sinner, there's stuff wrong with me, when we approach people, we don't approach them hypocritically. We approach them with this idea of grace, right? There are some people that I go to and I, and I say, hey, look, man, I'm really, I'm really struggling with my singleness today. Do you want to help me? Can we read this passage together? And we allow, can we allow God's grace to tell us, hey, how, how is it that that we can change? We can be transformed. Or maybe it's uh, with, uh, you know, someone we see things happening in their lives and, and we don't like it. And maybe it's, um, oh, hey, I, I see that you're struggling with some doubt. Do you just want to meet, can I just tell you how God, how God changed me and helped me in my doubt in this moment, in this doubt that I'm still working on, but let's work on it together. Let's have God reveal his grace to us when it comes to this. See, if we realize that we are all sinners in need of grace, when we approach people, we will not approach them hypocritically. If we rely on grace and not the law. And the second thing we see well, it, it is an inward focus, not an outward focus. How is it that we can rely on our relationship with God? Well, it is an inward focus, not an outward focus. Uh, focus. Right? And we see this in verses 25 to 29. Right? He talks about circumcision here. Right, A circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. So then, if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, they will not be regarded as though they were circumcised the one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you even though you have the written code and circumcision are a law breaker you see here circumcision right was was an outward uh, symbolize, sim, uh, symbolism, right? It was an outward thing, right, that they would do to what? It was an outward thing symbolizing the covenant that they had with God, right? God said, I am going to be your God. You are going to be my people, and, I want to, and, and you will circumcise, right, your people, right? It represented, right, that they were going to obey God. They were going to obey and follow God and be His people. That is what circumcision was, was there for. And, he was, and he's saying here, look, right, these Jews are saying, well, well, held on to circumcision as the thing that was going to save them. And Paul is saying, look, this has no value. See, if it, circumcision is there to remind you of the covenant that you have with God, which is to follow him and obey him. And yet, n- none of them obey the law to the full right? None of them do this. In fact, right, he turns it on them, and he says, look, actually, in fact, if this Gentile, if he fully obeyed the law, right, if he kept the law, in fact, he would be as if he was circumcised. He would be called uh, one of my people, right? To them, it was this crazy concept, and in fact, for them, verse 27, you see here, right, he says, look, In fact, right, they had this idea that they were going to be the ones judging, right, all the Gentiles, right? And he says, he flips it. He says, look, no, actually, they will, right? It's a slight allusion to the future. It's a slight allusion to what he will talk about, right, how we are actually, right, if we believe in Christ that that we are cleansed, right, we are seen as not guilty. We are seen as people who have done the law to the full. Right, he's alluding to it, right? Uh, but he's not quite there yet, right? But he's saying, "Look, it's an in it's an inward thing, right?" It, he 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 talks in the next twenty-eight to twenty-nine, really, how inward that he compares it to this outward thing to an inward thing, right? A person is not a Jew who is only outwardly, meaning uh, the circumcision. He's not—he's not a Jew, right? Only on the outside. Right, it is something on the inside. Right. No circumcision. Me- uh, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is a circumcision of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the written code. You see, it's something inward that is there. Right. For us nowadays, this is, is uh, what we would see. This uh, is, is baptism right? Baptism, right? Baptism is the outward symbol. It it, it is saying that we are part of the church, but when someone is getting baptized, what we are saying is, we are seeing an outward demonstration of what is happening inside right what is happening inside of them they are being cleansed right of their sins right and they will rise to life when we see a baptism that is what happened we are seeing this this symbolism of this cleansing of their sin and raising to life right it is not the baptism that saves them it is the belief in, 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 the resur- in, in, in the death and resurrection of Christ that saves them. It is the transformation inside that is happening, and that is what we are seeing as an outward thing. See, that is what he's saying. It's, so- it's something inward that is happening, right? It is this circumcision of the heart. This is n- by the Spirit, right? Uh, this is not something new to them. Right? Actually, in Deuteronomy 10, it talks about circumcision of the heart. In Jeremiah, it talks about circumcision of the heart. Look at Deuteronomy 36. Uh, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. You see, there's something. He's saying, look, there's going to be this spirit. There is going to be something in you that changes you. Right? There's this inside, inward thing. And the thing that we do is not something that others can see outside. It is from God. It is something that God sees, Right? When, I, when people see me, they might see, right, uh, you know, so, oh, uh, they might see someone who's on staff. They might see someone who, who does these, these good things. But when God sees me, He sees the true me. All my sins, as, as well as the transformation, the constant change in my life, it is God who sees, and He is the one we should worry about. You see, it is an inward focus. It is an inward focus. We should focus inwardly, not externally, right? If I were to ask, ask you this question, what makes you a Christian? I ask a lot of people this question, right? And a lot of people will answer me and say, well, I grew up in the church. I was baptized. I was raised in a Christian home. I pray. I read my Bible. I tithe that that describes a lot of what they do right but but what I, but what i would love to hear them say is oh well my relationship with God is 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 what makes me a Christian, right? Actually, uh, me um, reading His Word and God revealing to me things and changing me from the inside—that that is what makes me a Christian. You see, that is the difference. The you see the difference is is that when we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? Today is Pentecostal, so we are given the Holy Spirit, and He is in us, and He changes us and transforms us. What it is is that He, right? as we're reading his word, we are given the lens of Jesus. When we see people, we give them value. Why? Because that is how Jesus sees them, as people of value. When we see a Christian marriage, when we see marriage, we now see it in the lens of Christ. We now see it the way he originally designed it to be, and we live it out. You see, it is the inside that then would dictate how we approach these things on the Bible, how we live it out, right? It is not the actions that define us. No, it it is the relationship we have with God, the transformation from the inside. My question is, do you have this relationship? Maybe you've sat here. Do you have this relationship? Do you know that he has died for your sin? Do you know that he has raised life? Do you know that he is waiting, that he wants you just to, to call on him so that he can transform you, so he can change you, so he can give you, the, um, show you the way he has designed you to be? See, it is an inward focus, not an external Focus. Uh, this last bit, Paul goes, and and, and really, uh, it, I think what, it, what he's saying is that we should continue in our relationship with God. Uh, he's made this case, right? This is 3, uh, 1 to 8. He's made this case that, okay, Um, you are Jewish people, right? And you being Jewish does not save you, right? You are not okay, right? You need God, right? He's made this case, and then now he's coming up with all these questions, these arguments that these Jews possibly have would have come to be against this argument that he has just made, right? And really from here we can see, well, we should just continue in our relationship with God, right? He, He answers the question, well, what what is the advantage of circumcision, right? Does it not have any value? You just said it doesn't have any value. No, see, here's the difference. See, Paul didn't say circumcision or the law, knowing these things. He didn't say that these didn't have value. What he said was it does not have value when it comes to saving you, right? The the Christian upbringing, the the circumcision, right, knowing of the law… No, it is is of value. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. We are given the law. We are given the words of God, the knowledge of God, and we know it. And and, and it is a precious thing where we can live it out and, and teach it to others. You see, the problem is that their focus was on themselves and not on the one who gave it to them right then he asks the question well what if some were unfaithful what if these jews that do not follow me do that completely reject god and these things well will their un- their unfaithfulness nullify god's faithfulness will it mean that god is not faithful right? And Paul emphatically says, no, not at all, not at all. This is the strongest way he could say it. not at all, no way that this will happen. And he, and he points to, look, no, let God be true. God is true to his promises. When God says something, he is true, he is faithful. It is us, it is the human that is a liar. It is the human that is the one that is unfaithful. And he points to this, to um, to, uh, David there, so uh, when he says, right, this is where, um, quoting Psalm 51, where David had just um, did his sin with Bathsheba, right, and he's calling for repentance, and, and he's repenting to God, and he's asking God, he's showing God, look, I, I am sinful, I am unworthy, I am unfaithful, but you, God, are faithful. You, God, can judge me, in any way that you are, because I know that you are just. You see, our God is faithful, and, 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 that is, and wouldn't that motivate us to continue our relationship with him? And, and, and it's really easy to see this as well. He comes to this, and he does note that this is a human argument, right? He doesn't actually think this, but he's trying to think logically, if we think that if we think that, oh well, doing religious things don't matter well, does that mean we can sin? Does that mean we can sin greatly, right? If we sin greatly, doesn't that mean God's righteousness is greater, right? If we, uh, um, uh, sorry, if if we uh, do these things, right, does that not glorify God more, right? He says it twice, right? And he says certainly not, right? How can God be a just God? How can he judge the world, right, if, if He how can he judge the world if, if he is not righteous, if he allows people to do bad things, continue in their sin, right? He says, look, if we continue to do evil, well, we, we are just uh, like those people who see us and say that we, we, we are hypocrites that, that, um, and their condemnation is just, right? We need to continue in our relationship with God, we need to continue in our relationship with God. See, if it is from the inside that we are being changed, well, actually, this this what should not be even a question in our mind. This is kind of alluding, he's pushing forward to probably chapter eight and chapter nine. Right? But if we have this inside change in us, well, this will not be a question. Right? We will live in a way that He wants us because of how He is changing us, the inside side. You see, because we are not okay. None of us are okay. We are all in need of a Savior. Would you uh, pray with me? Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can come, oh Lord God. I pray, Lord, that we would, that we would rely on you. I thank you that you are a God that is, a, that who is a God that we can rely on. I pray as we go out, Lord, that that people would see, people would see that we are changed people. People would see that we are your people, that we are genuine people because we rely on our relationships. Our transformation that you are doing in our lives, and not on the things that we do, Lord. I pray as we go out that you would continue to remind us, Lord, of how we need you, how we need a Savior, and that we would go and share that with others. Lord, I pray all of this in Jesus' name, Amen. Cool. Uh, we now come. To